That way, you know, if either of us say anything smart, we actually have a chance of capturing it on film. That's that, that's a good idea. I've seen when one of us does something dumb, we'll exploit each other with it. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, I'm trying to get my microphone to be this guy because it's quite got more sounded more better when you moved it closer to your face. Let's see, try this. How's this? It's good. You sound great. Sound great. Right, sound good. Good. Yeah. Just want to make sure you you know you spend money on a nice microphone and then you know your MacBook's basically like eh I don't really want to. I don't care. I don't care how you wanted things to go. <laughs> oh, you got a USB. Oh, you need USB. You need a USB C adapter. Oh, you got a USB C adapter. Yeah, we're still not going to recognize the microphone. You know, <laughs> it's like. Oh, uh, I think that. Uh, you know the 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 yin and yang. You know, technology is awesome and keeps advancing, and cars get bigger and better and faster. But but trying to change a headlight in them now, you know. No, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm trying, my, my fiance has a, a PC, probably the last, the last uh, compact machine they ever made. And uh, I, I swear it's got to be 10 years old. And I'm like, just, I've got an extra MacBook right behind me. I'm like, just start using, using the MacBook. But even the MacBooks now with the new uh, M1 chips are terrible. Hopefully the second generation are better. I can't, I can't stand my new MacBook. I just switched back. I got a new one last September and I switched back to my 2016 um, products maybe three months after that. Okay. So sheets and giggles, huh? That's you. That's me. Well, that's all of us. But yeah, I'm the yeah. So uh, you and a wife, or you and a siblings, or friends? Uh, do I have them, or are they? No, no. Who's who's the business? Who uh, like how does their business function? Like what, what's the what's the staff? You know, like. Did, so I'm the I'm the founder and CEO, and then we have seven full-time employees. Uh, so still quite small. Yeah. Um, and uh, we we'll, we do about a million and a half dollars per head generally. So that's what I like to hire in terms of uh, revenue. A million and a half dollars worth of sales per employee. Yeah, that's the idea. Uh huh. Oh, that's a pretty great idea. That's, pretty <laughs> great. that's, that's just, that Holy shit! That's just kind of how you have to build them. <clears throat> like a modern e-commerce business it's uh you know i mean look there the amount of people on the monthly payroll goes beyond the seven people you know what i mean like you got you've got your your contract manufacturers you got your 3pl your warehousing team well those are all just overhead expenses you know yeah right yeah right. yeah you really just comes to, down to roi you know yeah yeah. So, I mean, you know, the people that work in 40, 50 hours a week for you, you know, those are your, those are your core people, but you know, we have people we work with, for example, on our Amazon marketing since March, 2019, and they're the same two people and they're not full-time employees, but they might as well be, you know, we've got kind of a fun little business mail order sheets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now mattresses and pillows, and uh, I think we just added coffee last month as well. So uh, oh. yeah, sleep wow. adjacent. Yeah, sustainable sleep and sleep adjacent. Okay. Some yeah. chocolates or something pretty soon. Um, I, I would say there's a non-zero chance that we do uh, something other consumable. The coffee's been really good. I mean, we're selling a couple units every day, and we do subscriptions for those. So I mean, mm -hmm. it, it adds up. 
Yeah, so so a, a commodity that people really enjoy having in their house at all times. Like, I, I wouldn't mind if I had chocolate covered um, coffee beans in my house at all time. You know, totally agreed. Yeah, right. but no, we, we, yeah, we do. We're doing laundry detergent now, and yeah, uh, yeah we got you, some. You know, you'll be a regular supply house pretty soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's all, and you know, the fun part about S and G is that uh, we've been doing this for five years now, five plus years and, um, have a few hundred thousand people sleeping on our stuff. And, um, it's, it's been amazing because the product is sustainable. Uh, so what are you going to do next? Next? Oh, just keep, keep, up bigger or do something keep, more scaling, keep scaling. Yeah. I mean, the, so, so we released the mattress in, um, September. So did you start your manufacturing process for mattresses? Yeah. So we manufactured that in Phoenix. Okay. Um, and uh, it took us about two years, two years from inception to shipping with the mattress. Okay. Um, it's a long, it's a long haul. Uh, but the beauty of sure. it, well, I mean, you have, to, you have to figure out where to get stitching, where to where to get stuff to make the, the ribbon out of. Oh, the, sti the steel, the, the steel, the latex. You know, like it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you're making the spring mattress. I don't know if you're hybrid, hybrid, hybrid yeah. Things, but yeah, yeah, it's manufacturing. You, you got you got yourself into manufacturing. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, That's cool. Yeah, but yeah, so um, I'm happy. I, I don't know if we've started the interview or not, but I'm happy to like dive right in and or whatever. You know, you're already in it. Yeah, you're already in it. You're waist deep. Great. Um, what's the most interesting thing that your viewers or listeners like to to know generally about a company? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> you never never asked them. No comments. Nope. Um, <laughs> like. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I think mostly they, they, they want um, good commentary, good good conversation. Uh, they, they want thought-provoking people, um, people that make them go, well, that, that is a smart way to do something. Gotcha. Okay. And they're mostly business owners, the folks that are listening? Yeah. Or, or people that want to. So the people that are listening um, want to educate themselves. Okay. And they, they want to give themselves more economical advantage. Got it. Okay. They want, they want to know how to employ themselves in the workforce to be an independent worker. Okay. Sure. So just an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. 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 Right. Somebody wants to make something a little bit better. Well, I started last year on top of S&G. I think I incorporated four different LLCs, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, you have four, you incorporated four LLCs? Yeah. Well, my girlfriend my, or my fiance incorporated the fourth as a Christmas gift for me. So that was kind of, kind of sweet. Um, okay. and, uh, and so, you know, personal consulting business for, I do, I do a lot of brand identity maps for people. I do a lot of, uh, you know, biz dev strategy consulting and go to market strategy consulting and, um, fundraising consulting. And like, you know, I do it for free for the most part or I have for the last few years. And it got to the point where I got so many requests, especially from tech stars companies who I, I mentor um that uh i was just like i can't I, I have to start turning people down for free time and people started saying well we'll pay you for your time and that and that was when i was like maybe i should be a personal consultancy so um that's one second one is uh just a fun little dropship apparel brand that probably won't go anywhere but i thought i have some fun designs from a friend of mine who's an amazing designer and i was like you should put these on t-shirts man and so Helping him spin that up. No, I, I'm not going to say what I want. I, I have a t-shirt idea. No, it's, 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 it's a little it's, bit culturally risque. Yeah, uh, what's, what's I want to say it on the podcast? No, I mean, it's, hey, man, 
people like authenticity like oh, oh well, well i want to i want a shirt that says no woke chicks but I, I want it with that fat chick logo you know what i'm talking about i don't know if i've seen that particular logo is the one that's on like mud flaps of semi trucks oh with like a like a cross a cross out i mean lady silhouette where you you see their legs and they got you could sell you could sell a million of those like you could sell like it wouldn't be my my target demographic but i but i think you'd sell a million of those yeah Um, i think so too yeah. yeah and then um what are the other two that i oh one was a compost business which i really want to start with my fiance I think composting is a phenomenal growth business opportunity right now where very few cities are doing it well. The pickup services are all very fractured. And, yeah. Yeah. I think, I, think people, I think people that want to compost need, need, need to figure out how to become like micro composters. No. So, so some cities like Denver have industrial composting centers that simply require a pickup drop off. But the city like Denver County now does it as of January first but you know yeah. Jeff, jefferson county all the counties around it and, once you try to incorporate something like at a municipal level it, it gets very expensive right but that, but you can build so i've done the i've done the financial model and it's actually pretty compelling in terms of like the unit cheaper than shit <laughs> it's it's cheap as shit uh right. Maybe, right i don't know yeah but all the infrastructure to collect it, it you know you have to pay for all them trucks and all them workers and administration. No, because no, 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 no. Because we have in Denver, we you guys have fluid truck where you are. What? Fluid truck, trucks on demand. So basically, we will rent the trucks at uh, seventy nine dollars a day, um, and they're electric trucks. And the unit economics work out to where if you're doing homes about a hundred homes per day on one route, uh, it's about a seventy five percent gross margin. So it works out really, really well from a from a unit economics perspective. And the drop-off endpoint is only 45 minutes away. Uh, so you factor all that in along with an efficient route and it's pretty pretty great drop pickup drop-off business. Um, so my fiance is the one main one working on that with me. And then- uh, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a beautiful thing to, to try to encourage that in the community. Yeah. But you, you would really have to convince me that it's more, it's economically sound. I mean, you know, there, there, I think that there's always an audience for Something in the niche yeah. of the audience. Well, I mean, you, you gotta, we, we, I mean, we, we have to realize the, um, the cost of infrastructure and e- even the economic uh, or um, economic ecological impact of the infrastructure. You know, the, the, the more staff a municipality has, the more staff our government has, the, the, the bigger the, the bigger the beast, you know. Well, that's that's why I, I, I I'm, a, I'm a small government guy, you know. I, I wish yeah. we had. I wish we had a, a better set of rules that everybody followed. Yeah. Smaller government. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's a private compost company. You know, it's a private pickup and drop off service for people who at a private industrial composting center for people who want to reduce their methane um, from their food waste. Right, 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 right. But but what I'm saying is if, if you ever had to make a specific transportation, if we had to specifically transport food waste, to another site when you, you could just take it outside of your own home. Yeah, I mean micro micro composting the thing is people who live in apartments, condos, there's no there's no backyard, there's no room for that, you know. Right, so right, so right, and then right, if you do, yeah, if, you do the, if you do the emissions math, so like for example, fluid truck has you know, we can't just add a third dumpster or uh, 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 trash recycling that's, and organic that, that's what denver county just did starting on January 1st. So I that's exciting. See, I, I, I could see that, but you know like if it was only emptied every six months 
Oh yeah. For some people, I mean, so what they do is they give you a little like six gallon buckets. Mm -hmm. So it's actually, so it's like a smaller, smaller plastic, um, ask. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's going to be pretty popular in Denver. I mean, I know a lot of people that are composting for the first time and compost, composting can reduce methane off in, from landfills by about 40%. Where, where did you say you are? Denver. Well, just outside Denver and Wheat Ridge. So what about you? Wisconsin. Okay, nice. I can hear it a little bit in your yeah. voice. Just, yeah, a little bit. You betcha. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, you betcha. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and then what the hell was the fourth company? That's the thing. I, you, get, you, get so, you get so busy. You're like, did I start? But you probably oh, named for Giggles and Giggles. And, and well, they're all they all have clever names, of course. Uh, you know, our compost company is Dirt Cheap Compost. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a farm that sells topsoil. Oh, it's in, in town here. Called Dirt Cheap. Sign. It says topsoil, dirt cheap. Dirt cheap. Yeah, I love it. That's I think it's brilliant. Um, I also was able to buy the URL cheapcompost.com, which I was shocked was available. So I got that too. Um, and uh, and dirtcheapcompost.com. And then for, and it's funny, we're, you're trying to talk to me about Sheets and Giggles, and I'm like, here are these other four businesses that I think are interesting. Um, and then- I want to talk to you about your, um, your recruiting. Yeah. Uh, if, if anything so far has interested me, you know, not, not that you're disinteresting, but the, the most interesting thing that I see on your, your profile is your, your stint as a recruiter, your talent. Yeah, yeah, I did that for a couple of years. Uh, I actually have- You didn't enjoy it? I know I hate it. I mean I, I loved it and I hated it I mean I was up until 3 a.m every morning looking at resumes and mining people on LinkedIn that's the thing and it's like if you're somebody with the work ethic where like whatever you choose to do you're going to do it for 80 hours a week and then you're going to have to try to mine a very busy person right you're looking you're trying to you're trying to steal people from Google from Amazon from Microsoft right. and and like honestly I I helped so many people find amazing jobs and that was really wonderful um, I ended up parlaying that into hiring myself at one of my clients, uh, which is funny. And then I have used that recruiting um, background to hire people at my own company to help other people with hiring. And I even wrote uh, on Reddit a post on the job subreddit that became the top post of all time about resume advice and job hunting. And it's a free resume guide, and it's been downloaded over 2 million times on Reddit. Um, okay. And so uh, that's another business that I want to start is resume reviews because of that that pipeline. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, I think you should focus on which one you love doing the most. Well, no, I love. I, 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 I love, don't want to give you that advice. You know, like creativity. Creativity is so much fun. Like in terms I, I of like think, starting. I think jumping all over the place. There's something to be said about that too, because you got you got four different lines, five different lines in the water. That's, yeah, that's five five different lines in the water. I mean, sheets and giggles, right? Is like look, building an eight figure business is not to be taken. And another smart thing about what you're doing is you're teaching yourself different competencies. Like this teacher, you, you, you're teaching yourself a new competency. This sheets and giggles, you're teaching yourself manufacturing. How to mm -hmm. manufacturing. You know, like think, think of how big of an education you're giving yourself. Yeah, it's massive. So yeah. The, the, the more challenging things you do, the, the more challenging things you, you're going to feel confident and try it. Well, I, I think I think what I realized late last year as I was looking where to put my capital um, that I had gotten from my work at S&G was I, the best investment I've ever made is in myself. Um, and I think that most people will, will agree with that if they, if they invest in themselves, it's the best investment they'll ever make. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that's what I wanted to do is take that capital and basically say, okay, well, I have an idea for a software business. I have an idea for 
this business and I, I found partners for each one of them. And with, you know, I'm, a, I'm kind of like a silent co-founder in the sense of, I don't really have a lot of time to spend on other businesses. Sheets and Giggles is my 80 hour a week thing. But, you know, if you give two or three hours here and there, um, based on what I've learned with S&G over the last five years, uh, it, you know, you can go from zero to one with a lot of these things and build an MVP and find that if it's viable. And if it's not viable, you shut it down. Yep. Um, and, and that's okay. And, but, you know, also you're helping other people start businesses and you're, that's you fine. Know, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's a blast. Yeah. My, my favorite one, I'm actually, I'm curious if you could pick this one apart. Cause you definitely seem like some with a, a, a good gauge of like finding a, a problem pretty quickly. Yeah, and a solution. Like if you got a bugger, like maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I used to work at Bridgewater Associates, and they told they told me if you, somebody had ketchup on their face, would you not tell them right. to, to spare their feelings? Um, but so anyway, uh, my favorite one that I'm starting is actually with a with a business partner. It's not ready yet, which is ironic because the name of it is Ready NDA. Um, and one of the things that drives me crazy about the business about sheets and giggles and every business I've ever been a part of is the amount of useless non-disclosure agreements that I spend time sending sending to attorneys. You know, actually, actually you, you can almost put patents in the same category. Right. Pa you can but almost it, put patents in the same category. Like, there are so pursuing patents useless. is almost a waste of pursuit. Almost, right? If, it, as, almost. if, it's, if, it's, if it's like a like an actual, you know, novel product that you, you can prove you created, that's I think, but right, the but, but, but other countries can work their way right around it. A patent, a patent is just a signal, a signal that you're going to sue somebody. That's all a patent is. A patent right. is just like a hey, we right. might sue you, right? Right. Um, but it doesn't mean that somebody can't come yeah. in. And, and but, but you're right about yeah. NDAs. All, right. all NDAs is stop development. They stop the conversation. I don't want to tell you about my idea because you might steal it. It's insane. Not only that, but also for sales teams, think about a software sales team. Oh. They, go, they go they go, to a business. They say, hey, we have this piece of software that can help your business. The business goes, hey, that's really interesting. Um, what access, What information do you need from us to build a pitch for us? And they say, oh, we just need access to your Shopify. Or we need access to your QuickBooks. Or we need access. And then or your code base. And then the business goes, all right, well, if we're going to give you that, we need to sign a non-disclosure agreement with you before we can move forward in the sales process. And the sales team then has to take the NDA from the business or send their paper to the business. So a lawyer gets contacted. They say they have to justify right, so how it, they it spend on it. It chokes up progress for maybe six months. It could, it could be weeks. Those guys could have gotten started. Those so, guys could have gotten started. But now it's got to go through your attorney, to their attorney, to their admin, to your admin. And, 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 then, and then you're paying $300 here, $500 there. And, yeah. and you haven't even decided to work together yet. Sorry, is, is, is this your business idea? Is this so this, the, the, this is the business idea, which is we're, we're about to launch the MVP probably next month, is a static mutual non-disclosure agreement that never changes, that you can basically, if you sign it once, you can sign it a thousand times. Dude, you should name it Bro Code. Bro Code? Well, you said you like catchy names. I like, I like Ready NDA a lot. Ready NDA. Bro Code. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> so I actually, this might be helpful to somebody listening in the audience is um, my four rules to a good brand name. That's how I came up with Sheets and Giggles. Um, number one is that it has to be spellable, shareable, and memorable. Uh, so no, I've no. That, I've heard that advice before. Yeah, no, like, you know, little shitty misspellings or anything like that. Yeah, I um, kind of have a I kind of have a bad one. I'll tell you in a minute. I don't. So two is it has to connote or denote what you do. 
Uh, yes. so, so when somebody hears it, they have to understand intrinsically what you do. Like three, three is that there has to be a good SEO around the brand name. So if somebody searches for you, they find you and not a competitor or something random. Okay. And four is that preferably if you're marketing to US consumers, you have a .com because Americans don't buy anything that's not a .com. So yeah, yeah, you're probably yeah right. those are my four, my four rules. And when you get four or four, it's a bullseye. And when you get three or four, you can probably go forward. And when you get two or four, you should go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Yeah. I think we got, uh, I got like three or four or something. Three or four? What's the, what's the brand name? Uh, B-Wise. The, the, it's the letter B in the word wise. B-Wise. But, you know, but, but some people go, oh, B-Wise, B-E. Yeah, that, yeah, the yeah. spellable piece might be difficult with that. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think from a SEO perspective, and then from a connotes, uh, you know, from what it connotates, I think that that's, or what it connotes, I think that that's uh, probably pretty spot on. Do you have bwise.com? I own bwise.app and I, okay. own, I own freemarketeducation.com. Nice. Um, that's a good one. Uh, that one is pretty on the nose, I think, right? In the sense of like what I think. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Free, free market yeah. education like perfectly describes what it is. Yeah. And, and so what you like, uh, where do, what do you do with those businesses? Like, where do you take those businesses? Are you, are you, are both active or just one's an idea still, or? Um, the, the LLC is named free market education and the, the app and the, the, the web app, which is in development now are doing business as BYs. Okay. So, so we're marketing it as BYs just because free market education is too much to type in. <laughs> it doesn't really roll off the tongue, I guess. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, what else? I'm curious, like, uh, what else pops out to you about Sheets and Giggles or any of the other stuff that I'm working on? You know, is it is it like crazy that I'm working on so many things at once to you? Or? No. No? No. And, and really, some of you, I mean, you're a pretty phenomenal dude. Uh, <laughs> but you, you, you just you, met me, you, you, you know. What I mean? <laughs> some some of the projects you weren't, you know, you. It's, but it's not like you're you're not Elon Musk. You, you, you don't no. have you don't have the boring. You, right, but you you do have five different tangents. So that's yeah. I guess impressive. I got. It's, I one of them's a t-shirt company. So what? And, and one of them's an internet sales company subscription. So what? That's that's where almost all small businesses are right now. I, I, so you're, I doing, love you're doing five at once. That's really awesome. That's that's like doing five projects at once, or you're going on five different adventures at the same time. Yeah. Um, but really, you're just making your you're gonna you're gonna be making yourself an extremely well-rounded. Um, uh, take action kind of guy here, the, the more and more you learn, you're going to be yeah. able to take on and handle bigger projects. You'll be able to general manage a large project. Nice. Well, I appreciate that. It's a very kind, kind compliment. Um, and, uh, would it, uh, not to pivot the conversation at all, but would, would it, uh, surprise you to learn that I'm like a pretty, uh, progressive guy in terms of like my politics and everything? No, I can tell. Yeah. I, I can yeah. 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 I'm sure um, because I'm, I, I used to be a little more libertarian minded and then I came, I came a little bit more around to the progressive side of things is I, especially, um, I, one thing I, so like people in your audience probably can empathize with this. When I started Sheets and Giggles, I had gotten laid off from my last job and I had to go on to Cobra for my healthcare and my healthcare cost increased by 10 X because my prior company was paying 90% of the premium. Yep. And 
I was a 27-year-old guy. I had no family, no mortgage. And I thought to myself, and it, you know, it's one of those epiphany moments that maybe feels obvious in retrospect. How the hell is anyone supposed to leave a job and start a business with their benefits tied to their employment? There's, there's, there's even worse. There's even sadder scenarios than that, dude. So oh, you feel bad for yourself. Oh, like, oh no, no, no. I mean, I mean, there are way worse scenarios than that. I'm thinking well, about people who who have a two-year-old at home who gets on food stamps, so all, all their time is taken up, taken up trying right. to earn two hundred dollars a day. You know, like right. if, if 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 you're lucky to take home a hundred dollars a day, you spend eight hours a day taking the bus or ten hours a day taking the bus. There's almost no time to get ahead unless you can really innovate. But you know that's kind of the beauty of the free market education. You know, the cream rises to the top. Count. Mm -hmm. So yeah. because you had that bad experience, it, it led you to take a smarter step. It, it, it led you to to evolve to grow that eyeball. True. I just think uh, I was just I was remember I was reflecting on it, and I was actually it's funny. I I went through TechStars, which is an accelerator in in uh, Boulder, um, and uh, Howard Schultz, the former CEO of Starbucks, came to talk to us. And he and I actually had this debate out in the open in front of a bunch of other founders. And, and I said, do you think that it would help American entrepreneurship and spur more startups and more small businesses if people and their families had some baseline guaranteed paid health care they could fall back on when leaving a job to start their own company or if they get laid off or fired or whatever it might be? And he looked at me and he goes, you know, I've never thought about, because he's an ultra free market, ultra capitalist guy. He goes, I've never thought about that in the context of entrepreneurship. But when you make that point, I can see the case for some baseline level of security so people aren't trapped right. in these yeah, large so jobs. That, that's why I love it. So that, that's what I like about liberal. So I'm a conservative guy. But what I like about liberalism is we take care of our weakness, like yeah, who needs it yeah. most right now. Empathy, it, yeah. Okay, this woman is caring for children. We we need to have housing programs. We need to have food programs. We have education programs. We have job placement opportunity programs, and we have all those things. Some of those people are in that situation because they don't. They're not trying very hard. Some, yeah. And the the free market education, or not the free the free market system is the free market system rewards those who try harder and yeah. innovate better. Uh, yeah, and all, but also oftentimes who have access to capital and throw up artificial barriers to entry, right? Yeah, it's terrible. You, yeah. you know, the, the, well, the DNR is doing it too. And, 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 and a lot of these groups are targeting conservative people. The, yeah. the DNR is actively putting the small farmer the family farmer out of business. Yeah, well, because because it's it's more profitable. The millions of acres are being sold to companies. 80 percent of our hotels aren't American owned. You know, yeah, no, I, what percentage of our gas stations aren't American owned? What what percentage of our farms aren't American owned anymore? So all you're, all these barriers they 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 actually are anti free market. I think that's the thing that like I try to right. like if I required you to have a license to give me advice, you know, right. you, can't, you can't do consulting, Colin, unless you have a Colorado license. You know that prevents you and me from doing right. Business. It's like that non disclosure agreement. Right. Uh, let's just choke the job site up. Yeah, you know, no, and that's and, right. and it's and it's frustrating because I don't particularly like the progressive label, especially in this climate. 
because I don't think it adequately describes, you know, when I talk. Oh, I, about, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like the progressive label right now either. Well, but, I don't think I, I don't think I'd quite like the conservative label either. With the, just the in general, from like a. Well, yeah, yeah, but you probably view January sixth as like, <gasps> and and I'm uh, like, what about fucking twelve months worth of Antifa? You know, I view it. I, I mean, that's an interesting question because. And, and obviously, I'm pro- I probably view I probably view it as like it, it's got all them. I'm sorry to keep talking about this. No, it's, a, it's okay. It's fine. It's a conversation. It, it, it's it's got all those like telltale signs of like JFK and government involvement. Like they won't even they won't even name all the people that it's it's such a silly thing. I'm so tired of it. The media is out. You know, like. Well, I, I think I think I tweeted something out the other day that that, that expressed my my frustrations on everything quite well, which was. Um, you know, the year is 2076. I'm an old man. My, uh, my government man, my government mandated Tesla has taken me six hours through seven miles of tunnels to my target for my doctor's appointment. And they rejected my Pepsi care and political. Yeah. It's basically describing idiocracy, right? And -hmm. political discourse as it has been for the last six decades is about which politician has which documents. And I'm and because you know what I mean, like because of the Trump documents and the Biden documents, and I'm like, and and we have forty three percent of bankruptcies are medical bankruptcies. The minimum wage is fifteen thousand dollars a year. The homelessness population is exploding. You've got you've got endless consolidation right. of the housing market, and they're and they're talking on CNN and Fox and everywhere nonstop about who has which documents. And why that is or isn't a problem. It's, it's like they're designed to divide us. It, I mean, it is, right? Cause, CNN's, cause CNN's frustration, a, cause anger, blame conservatives, blame liberals. It's know? all algorithmic, right? And it's, CNN is owned by... It's like it, everybody hates it. That's why nobody wants to talk about politics. We're, well, the, the frustrating thing for me is no one knows who they're getting their news from. So AT&T's own, sorry, AT&T owns CNN, Comcast owns NBC, uh, News Corp with Fox, obviously. Disney with ABC, and so I, I like. I personally like get my news from podcasts. I, I get podcasts, YouTube. I I like alternative news sources. The frustrating thing for me is like I can listen to Fox and I can listen to CNN and I can listen to NBC, and I'm just telling myself like when I watch NBC, this is Comcast news. Like this is the news right. that Comcast. Well, you, you've seen you've, you've seen those um you ever seen those news clips where they have like twenty reporters and they all say say the exact same like yeah 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 that, see that's like see, and then that's, there's two of them then there's four of them then there's sixteen of them and no, I think I think that one particularly I know which one you're talking about that's yeah. the sin that's the Sinclair Isn't that scary as shit so it's crazy because that's and it's so frustrating because when people talk about free market capitalism that sort of thing like. I'm a free a free market guy, free markets guy, big time, right? Like small business owner, startup, new business yeah, company, yeah. competition. But when a single company can come in and consolidate thousands of local news stations under one umbrella and then send them the scripts, that's not the free market. That is well, no. that is just well, capital I, consolidation. That's probably an offense against against the First Amendment. I, I, I think, why, I think, why can't they get some of these monopoly laws in there and, and bust all these people up? It, well, it's just, it just goes back to campaign finance, right? Where you where you have to have people who are getting paid off 
to pass laws. Are you, are you, you going to try to get into politics in the future? I would love to. I, would, I mean, the thing is, I would love it. I ran for office twice. It was, it was challenging. It was fun. I learned a lot. Did you you know, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a terrible idea for you. God, I'd be so worried about getting getting dragged through the mud and everything. You know, um, like, it won't be as bad for you as it is for a conservative. I'll tell you that. that, that I mean, that that's true. That being said. I will say that like more left-leaning Democrats who like want healthcare for all, who want, um, you know, like free kindergarten and that sort of thing. Um, centrist Democrats don't really like us very much because we're, you know, you can kind of be like a fly in the ointment from like a, you know, like you're, you want better than Joe Biden, right? Like you don't want some milk toast, like half measure person um, who's like a corrupt status quo kind of person. Um, but like a lot of centrist Democrats who make up the majority of the party would then tell you you're gumming up the works. Like, why don't, why aren't you satisfied with this like person who's been in politics for 60 years? And it's like, well, because I want better than that. I want like a better, uh, I want a politician who I can believe in, who has policies that are going to help people. And, uh, so for me, like, I don't know, I feel like I take some fire from, from, um, more corporate people, but at the same time, no. being, being a lefty who started, you know, a multi-million dollar business or two would be a really interesting type of candidate. I do, I do think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe one day they'll surface this interview and uh, and clip it apart and use it against me in a fun, a fun way. <laughs> so. All right. Hey, do you want to you want to end this call, or you want to give you want to talk about anything else? I will. It's it's end of day Friday. I got a lot more stuff to get to. That being said, I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, and uh, I hope your viewers don't hate that we pivoted hard to politics halfway through. But yeah. Um, so yeah. I kind of do have like a little follow up. So yeah, sure, please. I'm 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 building uh, an education database. I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to reinvent our education system. Okay. So if if uh, if you could teach your customers or, mm. or your employees something, mm. what kind of mechanism would you would you want to facilitate that? Would would uh, you know how how do you want to manage like a training management? If if you had a training, if you had to train people, you know you had a requirement either either by way of needing income, so you had to teach people because that's how you made your money. You teach Spanish lessons. Or by need necessity, I got I got to teach people how to manufacture mattresses. I got to teach people how to sell T-shirts. So you have to teach people. How would you want to facilitate that education? Well, I think that video is definitely the most powerful form of that. You know, obviously one-to-one -one interactions or group classroom interactions are best for that sort of thing. If you can't do live interactions, then. Uh, well, so you preferred live? You would prefer live? Oh, I love live. Yeah, live. I mean, I, I, that's look. Everybody has different. Okay, that's that's feedback I wanted to hear. Everybody has a different learning style. Like I, so I'm so my claim to fame back home is so, I got a perfect score on the SAT. Um, give and, me an example of something that you would teach somebody. Um, well, that, like that, like the SAT, for example. Like I, like I can, I could record an SAT lesson on YouTube. In fact, I should. That has um, every single problem that the kid is going to come into what, during what, what do you what do you suspect the duration of that course would be uh the too long didn't like the, the 80 20 version of it would be like an hour oh and well, one, hour. It, it, one visit for one hour. one visit for one yeah that would be the 80 20 oh and then charge for your time 
that I mean that oh for well that's the thing is that for a there are online learning platforms like Udemy right where you can charge you know ten bucks every time somebody takes the course what that, is in person that in particular I would give that away for free because gatekeeping education materials behind a paywall in my opinion is and this is this is the lefty of me talking right is uh I think only benefiting people who have the, the the disposable income to do that. And the people who need it the most are the ones who can't afford 50, 100, 100. I, when, yeah. I was a, when I was a tutor for the SAT, it broke my heart because I stopped doing it because well, all I was doing you, was teaching. Do you mind paying somebody when they repair your, your car tire? No, no, of course I do. I'm Education in particular. I mean, if, 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 you can, if, if you can teach me, you know, if, 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 if your product has four stars and the other guy's product has three stars. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would pay for that. I would pay for. I'm it. I'm saying more on a philosophical level with education. Right. Yeah, yeah. Ed education, education specifically, is like you're you're. I I just saw it firsthand where I was like tutoring one rich kid after another after another after another, and you're getting them into right. better and better. Well, it, it's it's kind of like healthcare, you know. Yeah. Ideally, in in our um, utopian society, uh, education's free and everybody's perfectly educated. Healthcare is free and everybody's perfectly healthy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when all those things are commodities, people have to compete compete for them. You know, there there aren't enough competent doctors for everybody to have the best doctor. Well, I'll give you an example. My uh, my my buddy David, uh, he wants to. He's been a doctor for ten years. He wants to open up his own family practice. He went to the insurance companies and he said, "Here's what I do. Here's the specialty that I do. Here's what I want to open up." And they said, "Great. Here are the rates that will pay you for all these procedures." And they are half the rates that he's currently being paid at a hedge fund owned hospital. Yeah. And he said, well, I'm getting paid this rate now for this exact same service. And the insurance company said, yeah, but you were a new family practice when you open this up. So this is the rate that we're going to pay you. And because the insurance companies are consolidated into five companies, there is no competition for those pricing amongst those people. It's and so- so he literally cannot open up his own family practice unless for the next five years, while well, he it's has two harder children, for dentists. he wants it's to even harder for dentists. And that to me is so antithesis to what a free market actually is. What's antithesis? Antithesis, like the opposite, the exact, the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, and so it's so it's so bizarrely backwards the system that we've created, where in the name of of capitalism or free market or whatever. You have a cabal of people. It's really more of a kleptocracy than anything else, or an oligopoly, where like you get this cabal of you know five companies that is controlling how many doctors are in which cities and where and how much they're being paid and for what procedures. Um, and the doctors can't set their own rates, and it's re it's really crazy. Um, it's not. It's just. It's very very. Um, I don't know what the solution is. That's the thing. Is like a lot of progressives would tell you it's just Medicare for all. A lot of conservatives would say, "Oh, it's just purely free market." Yeah. So, like, and it's just um, not. Yeah. My my argument is take take people off the pit. People want to be healthier. Like, you guys need to abide by better lifestyles. We well, it's it, you can't it, be these, these are multi. Right, but but you 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 gotta hold people accountable. Oh, your teeth are rotten because you ate sugar and methamphetamines. Sorry, you got to pay for your own teeth. You know, it, it like, is, you got to hold people. It, and, 
I agree with you, Eric, but but the the frustrating thing for me is that these are multivariable problems, right? Where like I agree. Yeah. You, yeah. you've got, you've got not, people not, not, right. you got people who are drinking six cans of soda a day because they think that it's made from lemons and limes. Well, look at look at me. So like, Well, I'm drinking a beer, right? Exactly. Right. And that's a and that's a class and one. When I get down here, I'm gonna go smoke cigarettes. And you're yeah. gonna fix my health care. I mean, and that's the, so like, and this, these are the societal trade-offs you have to debate, right? Where like, for me, I have a buddy who had a premature baby and he walked out of the the hospital with an $80,000 bill. Right. But could you, but, but then you got to realize the cost of having that, you know, and, and ha- the, you got to realize the cost and having the, um, you know, that, that, that the, the NICU. waste that, to have, to have that, um, um, mulching uh what's it called mulching uh, compost you know to add that to the infrastructure to add health care for all to the infrastructure to add free education you know if free if education is free then well the government should pay for my education and probably my meals health care and lodging while i'm going to college you know so the, and then not uh, six years into i think, I think, I think there's a reasonable i think there's like a reasonable that people always ask what's the line right, I'm, a big, right, I'm, right. A, I'm a big i'm a big like you can debate the line. That's what we're doing. Right. And I, I, think, I think the line should be back further. You yeah. know, like maybe we're giving out too much health care. Like, hey. so like, so like philosophically, if somebody gets cancer, would you say that they should go bankrupt or like not? Um, I, I'm going to hope that they have a, a, a great family and they, they've done all the moves necessary. You know, like do, do, oh, have you invested enough into your life by the time you hit 40 or 50, that you're, you're going to be okay. You know, oh. but ultimately I, I, I know the reality that that's not going to happen. Like, like, like I said, some people can't figure out how to register their car. Well, not, not only, not only that, but the median household income in the U S is $62,000 a year. And that's, and that's, you know, well, uh, did, did, you, you know, there's a shortage of labor. Right. I do. Yeah. It's, so that's if, what, if that's, that's what doctors. So yeah, let's, let's we're, we're, at, we're at, we're at full employment right, right. now. We're at like, we're at like three twice as many doctors. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. are you going to get any building done? How are you going to get any car repairs done? How are you going to get any, we should just keep, you know, like you're, you're every time we do that, every, every time politicians think we're going to solve it and we're going to start the department of education, you know, like you're augmenting the marketplace. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think that like a good example of like increase, like a good policy to increase the amount of doctors would be to reimburse people for their, their health, their medical school. And because you, you, you have doctors going into $500,000 of debt in order to become a doctor with an 8% compound interest rate. Okay. And, and of course that's going to have a massive strain on both yeah, the and that's, a, that's a whole other conversation you know right now we're talking free health care and free education well and, and, just, and, because, and just because he wants to be a doctor he has the most noble cause and his education should be free well i want to learn how to pour concrete should my education be free yes the progressive would say yes Right, but tell me what <laughs> fantasy world that we can pay for all this then. Well, if you do the math, um, so we already pay for K through twelve for everyone, right? Right. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, actually, if we use our time better in K through twelve, we'd be a lot better off. I, I agree with that. That's that. I completely agree with that. Um, but if but if you do, if you paid right now for state college for everyone, just state college. But after twelve, after twelve, if you keep people in college, you're keeping them out of the workforce. Um. Out of twelfth grade, yes, 
Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't think I don't think in nineteen. I don't think we keep them out of the workforce. I mean, unless you appreciably change the way that high school's curriculum is, I don't think an eighteen or nineteen year old is useful at all in the workforce. I mean, some are, very few are. There are success stories of people who are grinders and go and figure it out. But most people coming out of public high schools at eighteen, nineteen. They don't have the the critical reasoning problems. Even, even a lot coming out of college. Well, sure. I mean, but certainly more people with bachelors of computer science, bachelors of engineering, bachelors of uh, psychology for marketing. Like, you know, those type of people are have some type of like, at least uh, I would say like problem solving capability for their field. Um, even, you know, my, my most successful friend is a philosophy major who before he went to college, he didn't he didn't know what the hell he wanted to do with it because he became a philosophy major, taught him critical reasoning and slow interpretation of, of problems. And he invented three or four multi-million dollar board games in the last five years. Um, and you know, because he he's able, you know, do you know Secret Hitler, the board game Secret Hitler? No. Oh, it's a good buddy of mine who invented that game. And he and he uh, you know, like it's the philo the the philosophy degree that lets him go from piece to piece and say, okay, well, this is how this interacts with this part of the game. And this is how this interacts. And so like, I do think that we give, we give our young people in our society such a hard time about like the specific thing they choose to study when they're 17 or 18 and 19. Right, right, right. When I feel like the more flexibility and freedom that you give young people to get educated, I think it will have a, a, boo, a booing effect on the entire country. Yeah, I, I, you haven't sold me. You know, it's, it's the old, uh, you can lead a horse to water. You can shove kids in college, but what if they just drink? And the instructor becomes the, the, the Snoopy instructor. He walks away and he's got a degree because he took all the tests and he retained it long enough to take the test. But, you know, he didn't, he wasn't, applicably applying what he was learning you know he i guess i, he I guess building a company so i guess oh and he, he's really not any more useful in the workforce well it's just a hypothetical that you're giving like and and to use well, every, everything we're talking about yeah yeah to, but to use to use like the horse analogy oh. if you if you let 100 horses find their way to water maybe 20 of them do but if you lead 100 of them to the water maybe 50 of them will drink Maybe, yeah. and, right. and you know what I mean, but right. Right. I'm just saying for sake of argument, like there, you know, like there's, there's like a, uh, there are outliers, there are people who are standard deviations off the main curve, but you know, that's what policy making is. And that's what, that's what a society is, is trying to come up with stuff that for the and middle of the curve is impactful. Policies and procedures are very important, you know? Yeah. Like and so incentives, incentives are everything, right? Like, and that's what we're really talking about here is. How do you design a proper system of incentives? Right, and and like so so one flaw to like um, Social Security is it is it incentivizes people to not get off of it. Like, uh, well, then you know, then I got to try to find a payroll job. You think it, you think you you think twelve hundred bucks a month is enough to for people to? Uh, well, not... a lot of people suck it up. A lot of people suck it up. Mm. You know, they might do small odd jobs here and there, but a lot of people suck it up. I mean, but do they suck because it up? Rather have that. I, think, I think maybe when they qualify for it at like 65 to like 75, maybe some people suck it up. But like after 75, I mean, there are few, fewer and fewer people after that point that are that, and this is no, not meant to be ageist or, or offensive, but like 
There are fewer. I'm talking fewer. about the 30 year olds and the 40 year olds that are on social security. How many, how many 30 to 40 year olds are on social security? I don't know. We could Google it. I would definitely Google that. I feel like it's gotta be a small number. Okay. I, I wonder. I, I can't imagine that it's more than this on my screen. I can't I can't imagine that it's more than how many hundred thousand? I don't know. Three year olds. I like to understand the scope of a problem, you know, before addressing it. Cause because sometimes it's not worth addressing. Right. Yeah. Um I'm sure there's some on disability, right? You can like, when you get disabled, you can apply for it um, yeah. early. Okay, um, I'm not on the right page here. And then there's also, if you have a parent that passes away, I think. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot, you, you, get in, you get an injury. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple There's a couple of them. I mean, I don't know, like I, I, I can't imagine that's a high number. I'm certainly open but to it, like- They exist, you know, yeah, they, they exist and it's well, 50 year old people. I guess I like it's the same thing where it's like I like to address problems that like my, my mom does this to me a lot which we'll be debating she's she's very conservative my dad's very liberal so it's been a fun dinner table to grow up around um which is funny because my dad's a, a successful lawyer who's built a 200 person law firm and my mom is a, a Lebanese immigrant uh acupuncturist and you'd think that they would be the exact opposite from where they are it's really funny um but uh you know she and I talk a lot and she'll say well, what about uh, you know the people who are on drugs on welfare? And I'm like, well, actually, statistically, a, a fewer people per capita who are on welfare actually fail drug tests than the general population. And it's, in my opinion, it's precisely because they know that they will lose their, their welfare benefits if they if they goof up and take drugs. Oh, uh, I, don't so, I don't, I don't know if anybody, I don't think in Wisconsin anybody tests it. In Florida, they do, and they and they uh, and they actually found that there's a fewer uh, occurrences of people taking it's drugs. Probably just a it's it's probably another one of those NDAs that you're talking about. Just another government obstacle. It's a, it's a, well, it, well, I was going to say it's stupid, I was going to say why are we doing business this way? Right. It's proof. It's proof, in my opinion, that like means testing is a very inefficient way of giving out uh, whether it's benefits or subsidies or or you know, tax breaks, the means testing of like, oh, you only get this, but only if you apply for five yeah, jobs. So you Colin, like if you and I ever can, I, I think we're, we we do have pretty good conversation together, you, you know, and, and you, you do need two, uh, two personalities, you know, like, <laughs> like you need, you need a, you need an infection and you need antibodies to like, yeah, yeah. No, I, I love, I love political conversation, especially one-to-one I, I really, really lament the current state of political discourse, which like, you know, somebody, Harvard or somebody published it, like this is the perfect example, last two weeks, they published a study about how gas stoves cause childhood asthma. Then people on the left say, well, you know, this disproportionately impacts people who are poor. And, right. well, you know, and then, and then, and now, and now it's become and then, and then, and then immediately, Paul Gosar and other Republicans start tweeting out pictures of their families with gas stoves and thumbs up. Right. This is the like, gas stove, right? And I'm like, I'm like, oh my god! Well, like, that's the that, that's the boiling point that we're at. We're just so oh, angry. It, it is so obnoxious. It's yeah. like it's like it's a benign statistical report that says people with gas stoves have a higher preponderance of childhood asthma, and we should probably. It, 
do something if we want if we want to lower childhood okay. asthma rates. And 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 all of a sudden, it's like you got politicians like being like, "You'll take my gas stove from my cold, dead hands." It, like, it reminds me of the Johnny Depp thing. Remember when everybody's like, all the Republicans are cheering for Johnny Depp and all the. Yeah, it's, it's so stupid. It's so tribal. It's, it's so. We, it's like we, we absolutely they they have us living in this fucking. Uh, city. And it's it, but it's exclusive. We, we're, we're literally in the idiocracy movie. We really are, and it's and it's so exclusive to like, in my opinion, like mostly online discourse, like in person discourse with good normal people, which is it's, I think it's, I think it's like the vast majority, majority. It's like the vast majority, right. It's it's great, and I and I always have phenomenal conversations with people where I align on goals, and I'm like, hey, like, what are some of your policy goals? What are some of the things that you want to accomplish? And oftentimes, there's huge Venn diagram overlap there between a progressive and a conservative in terms of like, okay, we both want the economy to do better. We want lower unemployment. We want a you know a a right. uh, so so Kyle and all these so, things. If we if we ever have a conversation again, and I would love to, um, maybe another like three or six or twelve months or something. Yeah, sure. We should make an agenda. Uh, what we want to talk about, what 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 world problems we want to solve. I'm sure at and that then, point there'll be and then, there'll be then eight we can more try to get, get like crises, a little bit more research, and 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 we'll be able to do it so much more efficiently than our government, who who publishes like four thousand page garbage bills that hide all sorts of stuff and nobody can reasonably look at these things well and that's and, and that's they get the delivered at the end hour the day before the vote has to happen like that's the that's uh, the frustrating it's so hard thing to draft here it finally is good luck vote tomorrow it's 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 really obnoxious because people ask me they're like you know you get pigeonholed into um if you're a progressive you get pigeonholed into this like Stereotype of like, so you oh. want you you want to pay more taxes. Same with conservatives, right? Yeah. Oh, so you'll murder. You, you wanna you wanna pay. They're like you wanna pay more taxes to a government that does X, Y, and Z and wastes money. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I want to outlaw private campaign finance first and foremost to try to eliminate the incredible well, you, corruption. You, 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 right, you have, to, you have to realize some of these systems were put in place to... to so the reason we have government is to, to give me confidence. So the reason we have a city council is to ensure that they looked at, okay, did, did, did you ask engineering? Did you ask these people? Did you ask transportation? So the reason we have municipalities is to manage their project. Enforce contracts and you know yeah. Right. So, so so the reason we have campaign finance is for a reason. So you, you you probably have to go ahead and get educated before you can really talk smart about it. Just but just because we watch some CNN and Fox News doesn't mean that we we should be making any campaign finance decisions. No, no, but I would say I would say that like allowing foreign governments to spend unlimited sums on American super PACs. Yeah, it's probably a bad thing. Bad. <laughs> it's probably a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like, and and allowing Congress members to trade stocks, or like, is also did, probably a bad thing. Remind me again how Nancy Pelosi got so rich, right? Right. You know, like it's it's probably a bad thing. So, like, you know, there are some things that are like money influences human behavior. Oh God, term. Like, if we could just make some term. Yeah. Gotcha. There's there's like there's actually there's like, I, I wish politics was more like jury duty, where you got yeah. selected, I got selected. That would be awesome. That would be kind of sort of like a just like a like a random 
It's your term. Sometimes, sometimes it's fifty-five percent conservative, and sometimes it's fifty-five percent liberal. I wonder if there is a, a Greek word for that system of governance, where it's just a random selection. Uh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Greek word? You're really an attorney? Oh no, just like demo democracy, kleptocracy. Like they're all, you know, oh, they're all. Oh, you, yeah, 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 yeah. They're all Greek, just Greek roots. You're an educated guy. Too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I went to. I went to Emory University, top five business school, like, you know, finance major, worked at the world's largest hedge fund. Couldn't, couldn't be further left, you know, <laughs> unless, unless I was like, you know, like a card carrying socialist at this oh, point. Oh, you, you could be further left. No, I mean, you can be further left. You can always be, you, you can always you be further right. You can always be, be further much further left. left. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, well, cool, man. This was a fun conversation, a great way yeah. to end the week and go into the weekend. Um, I hope your listeners thought it was interesting, even though it was like five minutes on sheets and giggles and 45 minutes on healthcare policy in America. Um, well, and, you know, we, we, we talked about real issues and uh, we, we started out real thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And anyone listening out there, just in terms of like, uh, if it's helpful for you to get some motivation, like I will just say the worst case scenario of starting your own business is far 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 less worse than you think and the best case scenario is far better than what you imagine well, so um taking action yeah. with 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 intent to have positive outcome is far better than not taking action people get caught up in the fear of the unknown the fear yes. of failure if i do that i'm gonna get sued and i won't have employees oh and last thing i'll say is for the love of god do not if you're like an entrepreneurship type person don't make it your whole personality in the sense of like don't post every day to instagram about the grind or the hustle or like you know what like, like have other interests don't like, try don't try too hard oh my god just have other like post about your camping trip or like your sure. niece and nephew or like what like i the amount of people that i have to unfollow because it's just like every day is the grind the hustle it's their whole personality i'm like dude like get hobbies like do something yeah. something you know yeah 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 we all become overwhelmed you know and well, then, yeah people people get they make it such a big part of their personality and then that's what that's what really drives the fear of failure because their whole personality is their business and i say that with like sheets and giggle stuff behind is my office so i can do put stuff behind me on the wall but like you know they then they're if their business fails they think like i'm a failure personally when in reality like businesses fail all the time and in they're just imaginary concepts on paper and it doesn't mean that you personally are a failure that's a hard thing to like internalize but i think that if people do that they'll they'll be a lot less trepidatious about actually going out and starting something of their own yeah so. your dad's an attorney isn't he he is yeah 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 <laughs> yeah I, I i didn't go to law school specifically because my dad is an what'd attorney what'd you say your mom does acupuncturist oh oh yeah. that's yeah. oh so you yeah, got like, is she like a very holistic person good meal? oh yeah 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 big time yeah um yeah, my mom and my dad are uh like fire and water but they they work really well together and uh they yeah it's been interesting growing up at a divided dinner table during 9-11 the iraq war the financial crisis um really impactful like in terms of like my my the way that i think about like i can empathize with different views and like also you know, like understand that you can disagree with someone and still like love them and, and, you know, sleep in the same bed as them and have a wonderful life with them and family. So 
It's very rare. Right, you can try, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard, right. But you know, it's, it's hard not to take something personal. You know, like if if I if, if I was like all bent out of shape about January sixth or BLM, like how dare you not admit that BLM is racist? You know, like, it's, people get I bent mean, out of shape because things you know, become people, so important. But like, in truth, in truth be told, people would be. You know, people would roast me for, you know, not immediately jumping down your throat and saying, you know, well, that's racist to say that then so on and so forth. And like, but to me, it's like, if you're not actually listening to someone and what they're saying, the intent behind what they're saying and, and what they truly believe, like, and you're just slapping a, a one size fits all label on like a lot of people. And then, and it's funny because it happens. I think people do it in both directions, though. I, I personally believe that it is, it can be more problematic. Um, and when you, when you approach it from one side versus the other, but you know, like, I, I don't know, I, I, I like to talk more about things that will like materially help people. Like, you know, especially when I talk about BLM, for example, like you just brought up, I really like to talk about police demilitarization and ending the drug war. And I think that those are probably the two most impactful things that you could do for. Right, but yeah, I mean, you got to change people's mentality, and you you got to make people feel comfortable with um, decentralizing something. Hey, we're we're going to decriminalize drugs. No, I mean, as, as from a, from a, from like methamphetamine, a, they won't want methamphetamine because they can get weed. It, it's it, it's interesting from a libertarian perspective. It's like the one thing that I think bridged the gap for me the most from like libertarian progressive because. I was trying to vote. It was actually funny. It was like 2015 that I really made the switch and it had nothing to do with Trump. And it actually had everything to do with, I, I had watched the first Republican debate looking for who I was going to vote for. And I, I heard a lot of like war hawk mentality. I heard a lot of like regressive mentality on the drug war. And I was like, I thought these people were small government, man. Like they're supposed, they're supposed to be, you know, like what, what could be further from small government than dictating what you put into your own body and locking you up in a cage or killing you if you if you break that rule well, and i'm like that's you know yeah, that's I mean, big government, government to me. Is, it, it, I, 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 i'm scared to think it can get bigger government yeah. dictates how you're married how you treat your child it, 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 how you educate your child what curriculum it gets how you pay taxes, how you do everything. And, there's, and, there's, and there, I think there's an interesting discussion to be had on all those because, you know, the question is like, well, how have we, like, like is, is the curriculum of K through 12 dictated? Is it, I mean, has it always been dictated, right? Like who, who decided, who decided what happened? So ever since, ever since we started our Department of Education, so ever since we had government interference in education, We've gotten dumber, and education has gotten more expensive. Yeah, I, I, I think that those trend lines match up. They, they absolutely match up. It's a hundred percent true. People are coming. Yeah, out I, yeah. I don't, I don't think you want. Content, you know, and and we're, and our world around us is getting more complicated. It's like we're choking on the problem here. I guess my so, question, my question would be because I don't, I, I don't necessarily know if it is a correlation or causation my question would be more around like well then why why in other countries does education debt not exist but their populaces seem to be getting smarter happier and wealthier without education debt and and, and it, is it something that we simply do poorly 
And is that like you? Well, I think I think we're overselling. I think one thing we're doing wrong is overselling college, and we're we're underselling um, applicable skills. Like, I, I would love to see people coming out of twelfth grade with a marketable skill. Like, you either know how to do trigonometry when you come out of high school, or you know how to sharpen a lawnmower blade. Yeah. What what economic skill do you what what skill set do you want before you walk out of them doors? Well, me me. If I can be honest with you, like trigonometry, because that's a precursor towards right, yeah, engineering, but, architecture. Rhetorical question to, to everybody. Do you, are you going to go study dance or do you want to study that? You, you, you need to be proficient at one of these things before you graduate. Well, and, and, like, and like I said earlier, like I think that we're too hard on kids to make the quote unquote right decision at yeah. a seven, you know, you know, like, like. I think that if you give them two years or and maybe it's 11th and 12th grade and not necessarily 13th and 14th in college or associates, but like you need to give them some, I had no flexibility in high school in terms of like what classes I took aside from whether it was AP or honors or what, but like, you know, if you give the kids at least two free classes to choose whatever the hell they want for the last two years of their high school career, I think you'd see an enormous amount of improvement in terms of less anxiety from an 18 year. And I think that that anxiety, by the way, is what causes kids to sign these predatory lending contracts um, where they're going into $200,000 of debt as an 18 year old, because they, they can't process what 8% compound interest looks like in 10 years from that. And, and they're told their whole lives, get go to college, get an education, You'll figure out what you want to do. In oh, right, and and, 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 and I, I feel so life, bad. For these kids, life man. seems bigger for them. Yeah, I, they, they've I only lived eighteen years of their life. They don't, they don't even realize how long it is to live to the age of seventy. Or it is so. What what we do to seventeen year olds, in my opinion, is so predatory and backwards. And and I, and my heart breaks from right. my, my friends that are, you know, they're they're in their thirties. My one of my employees. I pay this guy, but over you know, months. but they but they can join the army. They they, they can make medical decisions before. Well, you know, well, yeah. well, so I again, I would argue that like getting an eighteen year old to like join the army is also predatory in a sense, right? Like right. you know, you're you well, What about allowing them to make a medical decision at the age of eighteen? Uh, I think that a lot of the, like I think that there's uh, a great a great debate to be had around like you know certain ages of. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they can't drive a, a, a rental car. Sign a legal <laughs> contract. You know, maybe they're not smart enough to sign a lease or uh, enter into a contract. Or I, I guess I'm not saying. Decision. I guess I'm not saying that kids aren't smart enough to. Yeah, I know you're not saying that. It, it all. It, it's like it's like almost like sharpened. Show. It's the sharpened tip of a spear of like their whole life, right? If you're 18, all you've ever done for literally the last 14 years of your life is go to school every day, five days a week, right? So you have 14 straight years about what, what is that like? Right, so then you, get out, you, then you get out of high school and you expect to be put into a classroom environment. Right, you're talking about, you're talking about 5,000 days in a row from the, time that from the time that you're able to process language, that right. this is what you do. And then you get to 17, 18, and you have to decide, do I keep doing that? I think that's why I, I want to change education. We, we need to change yeah. the format. We, we, we need to put people into secretary positions, put them into healthcare, put them into concrete, put them into automotive repair, put them into um, 
facilities management, logistics. We need to change the curriculum in high school and start to expect more of our younger people. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that I think that two electives during the final two years of high school not would be phenomenal. I would love to spend some of our education money giving it back to small businesses. I would I would love to see 16 and 17 year olds working for you learning how to manufacture mattresses. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Every everything they, everything they could come work for you for uh, uh, economic benefit and you train them. And some in some in some cities for have stuff like that. So like the, the city of Boulder has a program like that. Um so like some cities do have stuff like that where the small business can sign up for internships with high school students. Um I do find that it's hard that like just being honest, it's hard to devote the time necessary as a small business to train people with no well, that's, a, that's cost that's a cost of being involved in the program. Right. Yep. I'm well, and, well, and they would have they would have they're saying rewards for blah 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 program. You fill this application, go buy this insurance. What, what they gen what they generally do with those programs is like they'll like they'll like pay the wage for the person. They'll be like, yeah, like we'll pay them. Yep. Yep. You know, yep. 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 The, the cost of the the benefits of the program have to have to outweigh the cost. They have to, yeah. And right now it's, it's a pain in the ass program, and it's great, but I'm gonna get two free college kids. You know, even though it's a pain in the ass, and you have to do all these applications and interviews, it's worth it. And there, well, there's also a workers' comp issue, you know, liability in terms of like putting a 17-year-old inside of a factory. You know what I mean? Like there's, you know, an untrained intern inside of a factory. It's like, well, you, you still have is my, is my lawyer all, all protocol. You know, if, if you're going to put them in an ammonia manufacturing plant, how how well do you know? How well do you know lawyers? No, nah, I got them. I'm not as good as you. <laughs> so the, uh, if you got to clear something with your attorney, their job is to tell you why you shouldn't do it. You know, like that's their job. So well, then yeah. maybe it's maybe then maybe it has to apply to eighteen year olds. Maybe, maybe there's a post college or a post. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's post high school program. But like, maybe, like, I got like, to like, jump. Unfortunately, I've, I totally got to jump too. <laughs> I have blasted the conversation. I hope you have a great weekend. Um, let's maybe chat again three or six months and and do it again. Yeah, that sounds good. And, and you can reach out to me, or I'm, I'm, I'll try to reach out to you. Just stay stay in touch. LinkedIn super easy to stay in touch with. Yeah. All right. Take care, man. All right, Eric. Have a great weekend. We'll talk soon.